Good people and fellow students, welcome to another episode of All That Yes, a space for performance, craft, and showbiz. Reviews and interviews will be flowing from music, film, content, and all that yes. Spring is coming and we're in bloom Out here ready to talk about movies and some good tunes It's good to be back and what a time it is Because I can't help but feel that there's been a rising level of confidence And ambition with the type of creative output that has been coming out this year Whether we're talking about the TV landscape Where shows like Shaka Iembe and Showmax's upcoming spinners Are bringing bold blockbuster energy Or anthology series like Disney's Kizazi Moto And Netflix's African Folktales Reimagined Really breaking new ground in genres that have been heavily underserviced. When it comes to music, the current contemporary class of R&B has really been leaning into its groove with surety. When you talk about how artists like Rojo and Lord Kiz have really delivered what feel like defining works for them, I'm enthralled by the testament, hypnotized by the voodoo boy, and have genuinely been hot-hearted by the pure crack, the refined A-grade drogas that Amos laced into songs like Lobola and Shubile. When you talk about anthems of the year, when we're talking about my anthems of the year, it's a tense fight. But Sekushubile Amama knocks, it bangs, and it whirls you in into its ride. This is all to say that there's been some genuine heat this year, and there's more on the way as spring trickles in, and I know I can't cover them all, can't even cover a fraction of what I consider to be my favorites, purely because at best, we'll be doing this kind of episode once a month. So it's not realistic trying to cover everything, so with each of these types of episodes, I'm going to try and focus on one or two sectors. So this episode, we're going to be covering some of my film highlights thus far from this year. So I'm not touching the series at all. And then the next episode will likely cover the series. And the one after that might cover event and so on and so forth. So it's it's going to be a little bit more curated also in terms of the scope of what we're going to be talking about. So as I've already said today, we're catching up on South African film. And you know we love music in these parts. So we'll also be previewing some of my favorite hip-hop joints that have come out recently. So buckle up, settle down, and enjoy because it's all that gas with your boy. And we're kicking things off with our first music selection and setting the pace is a song that dropped in the dead of winter but kept me warm with this heat. It's a mood boost of a banger that's propulsive in its release. Dripping and swagger, been pumping from gym to home. Got Leo saying, come and start that profit cause it's popping. And we on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, come and stay that rap because it's on, yeah. If you wanna go and stay that rap because it's popping, then we own, hey. Go and stay that rap until it's on, hey. Go and stay that, go and stay that rap because it's on, yeah. On, yeah. Come and stay that rap because it's on, yeah. If you wanna go and stay that rap because we popping, then we own, hey. Go and stay that rap until it's on, yeah. If you yeah. wanna go and stay that rap because yeah. it's on, yeah. On, yeah. yeah. If you wanna stay the profit, come and tell us. Yeah, get it to a point where it's so overwhelming. Yeah, niggas try to blackball me and move me out the way. But I gotta show them who I am, man. Ain't no fucking way. Yeah, now beats a bang your girl is Yeah, right before we pop and say she wanna know the logic. Hit the spot and then sound melodic. More experience for her noggin. That's your girl, she out of pocket. From all 
on a pocket watch look this joint is called hometown hero by leo and truly i've been addicted it's a song that's got a bumping production that is just littered with hooks that continuously pull me in from the bouncy production to the back and forth writing that's amplified by that vocal processing with the background vocals leo felt like he was having fun with the song and i've been having fun with it ever since what i've really admired about leo is his musical versatility and the fact that this man knows his way around the hook he can give you backpacker consciousness and be poetic about it but you can also feel that he is very keenly aware that there's an audience he's playing to and he creates moments of interactivity that will play to that fact. His return to music with Big Forgiveness Not Permission is to me a really personal and reflective listening experience of a prodigal son who's well aware that they're in a vulnerable position where they have to work to regain favor but it's still baked within the masculine hip-hop vibrato so that vulnerability is still angled with the self-confidence that he is indeed the shit. The project has been a slow burn for me on steady rotation with hometown hero being my current favorite song but I'm gonna give you a taste of another cut I enjoy called lie and if you like what you're listening to definitely give Leo some love he's really provided a sophisticated genre bending body of work that I truly believe is worth more attention. Troubles in my life say I wanna know. Speaking of hometown heroes, Pretoria and Lies, our first film is a coming of age comedy that has all of that and more as we follow the story of a middle class varsity nerd whose girl leaves him for a hardened street hustler. Lemgo sets our boy on a mission to change himself to become more rougher and macho so he can try and get back the girl that dumped him. With the name that plays on the middle class trope of shows like Blackish and Grownish, this boy ain't clever, but he's trying to be clever-ish. Chilani. Ipileng. Get root. Sleep. Karin e. And then? I get dangerous for him. Tinha go bad Currently available on EVOD and Amazon Prime, Cleverish is a really fun film. If you're looking for a popcorn movie with a bit of romance, a lot of heart, and the kind of dumb life decisions you expect from teenagers with the point to prove, 
I think you'll find some satisfaction here. Set in Mapopane, North Pretoria, Cleverish is a young film that really wins you over with its charisma and energy. It visually feels very reminiscent of teen classics like Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, and it's packed with quite a number of characters that are refreshingly earnest. Auntie Amete Molekwa leads the cast as our central nerd Tulani, and I don't want to lie to you, I'm a Tulani hater. Not a big fan of the character. Moleko really finds a lot of moments to shine in his portrayal of the character and is, and is a really solid anchor to the film. So my beef is not with him, but just the character. Um, Haleletang, Kaufman, Phineas Bullet, and Tepiso Jeme were true scene stealers in the film. The casting really was well done from all ends, especially the young members of the cast. Bullets might have my favorite line delivery of the film when his character delivers a villainous monologue comparing himself to a 200 rand quarter with all the fillings. 200 rand. I can't give this injustice. And I don't know how many times I replayed that specific monologue, but when we speak of Shakespearean flair, Bill was found shaking. Is this film a bit predictable? Yes. Do I think that matters for the type of story it was telling? I really don't think so, because they have a lot of fun and creativity in how it is that they actually tell the story. Ifar and Kosi and Taban Wasanaba as a directing duo really did a great job in infusing the story with character, culture, and heart. You could tell the vision that they wanted to achieve and they accomplished it and I'm a fan of that. So if anything I've said about this has piqued you, please do check Clever-ish on Amazon Prime or Evod. It really is a young, fun film. And they also really have some dope spinning sequences. That Pretoria train and lend up just yet as our next track keeps us in the capital. The big boy Hugh is returning with the new project called Eternal on October 7th and has enticed it with his lead single featuring the cha-cha charmer that is Imani Basquiat. With the bitey production lusciously playing in the background. Let's give a spin to Daffy. Tell me now, what are we waiting for? I know that we could be something more. I know you can't take the pain no more. So I decided to send a song. Fuck it, I thought I was saying to you. All of the times that you made my day. Fuck it, I thought that I sent to you. I did it all for the sentiment. Now tell me the fuck are we waiting for? Smoking just don't heal the pain no more. I'll be right back, I won't take too long. Was thinking about you when I made the song. Baby, I think that I die for you. But I think you know what it's nothing new. Baby, I think that I die for you. And I do it all for the sentiment. Yeah. Me and your baby, two peas in a pod. You were the very first muse to my art. I put our story in all of my music. It's always been you, girl, I knew from the start. I know that I was so caught in my ways. That was the reason that you wouldn't stay. But I've been dreaming of seeing your face. And I pray the Lord doesn't take me away. Summertime, just don't feel the same without you. And in the wintertime, I gon' go to sleep without you. Summertime, just don't feel the same without you. Huey really is one of my favorite lyricists in hip-hop. I really appreciate his commitment to concept storytelling, Summer Grace is a compelling showcase of his ability to do so. I have a feeling that with the naming of this project being eternal and having the first song he releases carry a hook that says summertime just don't feel the same without you, that this will likely be a thematic sequel to Summer Grace because whilst on the surface Die For You feels like a devotional love song about yearning for someone, 
Huey's verse has these undertones of both an unrequited love and possibly tragic love. The opening lyric of the song is, we could be something more. And as the song develops, it's clear that this is being said to someone with whom Huey has a long and possibly complicated history with. So the boy might be holding an eternal flame. This is me spitballing here, so don't take my word as gospel, but what this makes me think is that what we'll be getting from this project will be something that's exploring eternal concepts. Would that be, for example, an eternal love, which could be linked to his love of music and specific people, as well as eternal loss, which could be about heartbreak and grieving. Either way, I'm expecting a project that's mixing devotion with some existentialism. Personally, I really like the song. From Baitu's soulful production to the sentimentality brought by Hugh and Imani Basquiat's performances, I'ma be ready and waiting to hear what Hugh has to offer when he drops Eternal, but for now, we have Daifi. Laden in the mood, our next film is a body-switching romantic comedy starring Zikona Bali and Taborameti with Trading Places. So, this is a film in which Rameti and Bali play a couple who have been in a relationship for five years and things have hit a bit of a rut. To their friends, things are smooth and they're a great match, but these guys are truly at a breaking point. Bali's character, Zeno, is a neurotic therapist who doesn't believe in marriage, partly because in her line of work, she's had to counsel a lot of patients whose problems are a result of it, and also because she doesn't feel like she's being emotionally met by her partner, that she's giving more in that department than she's getting. Rameti's character, do is an on-the-go director who's very charismatic but direct, knows how to get things done and keep things moving. Mdu's proposed multiple times to Zeno and is now in a space where he feels like he's constantly being judged and doesn't know how to meet her needs. Now things get interesting on one fateful evening when our couple has a heated argument as they're planning to host their friends for a party and practically break up. But since their friends are still coming over, they resolve to deal with this breakup the next day. Now, at this party, one of their friends gives them a gift, an idol that's meant to keep harmony within their relationship. They graciously accept this gift to keep up appearances for the night. They go to bed, but when they wake up, baka baka, they've traded places. I think I have to kick my Google calendar for the last time. Me and Zeno had fun. Yeah, for somebody that doesn't want to get married, she sure does act like a wife. I thought you didn't believe in marriage, Ali. A diamond ring doesn't change a person. It just makes things seem shinier. Maybe it's not as, as difficult as sitting down all day just judging people. That's not what I do. That's exactly what you do, Zino. I almost forgot I got you guys something. Oh, oh. oh. The minute I saw it, I just thought of you guys. Currently available on view, Trading Places is a low-stakes movie that gets quite hilarious once the switch happens. The things that really shine for me here are the performances and the writing. When a film has a conceit like this, what really sells it is the chemistry and the commitments from the actors to the bit, and these actors commit, particularly Zikona Bali. 
when I tell you that Bali was a revelation, I mean, I've always known that she's had a dramatic chops, she's a fantastic actress, but I didn't know that this side of her range existed. She is hilarious and she is a continuous scene stealer in playing a man trapped in a woman's body. Her physicality, her expressions, little mannerisms that she copied from, Ram- from Rametti's actual performances. Honestly, it's one of my favorite local film performances of the year in terms of just like how much fun she had with it. Trailing Places has a lot of heart and OCBS writing really tries to explore a lot about the stereotypes and limitations that are placed within gendered roles and expressions and Tabo Mashaila's direction meets the moment as it should. I'm really loving the wave of young films coming from young production companies who are bringing a contemporary flavor to feature length films. Part of me really wishes that both of these could have come out in a time where they could have gotten cinematic releases and a cinematic kind of push because they're both the types of comedy that become funnier when you're watching it with a group of people. I think Trading Places is a solid movie to unwind to when you want to have a good laugh on the weekend or to experience some silly but really well-considered fun. Again, Trading Places is available on View, so if this movie is for you, you know what to do. Alright, it's time to wind down on our music previews and our final comes courtesy of the East Rand. Master Roth and Roland Scape collaborated on the three-track Rapidy Rap tape and gave us one directive as the audience. Bump this in your car. So I hope you're ready to get bumping with Pulitzer Papyrus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Whip like bad paint. I took the shirt inside the tux. I know that I do lux. I carry game, it gives me back pains. Yo, double D's, they told me abstain. So I don't give a fuck about your truth and why the facts change. In fact, strange, you act said we're down for all them bad days. So how come you go missing when we catch strays? We could write a book about your past ways. The look on all our faces when we figured out you're half baked. We're soon to catch a flight before the niggas ever catch case. Spinal type, your typos, punch your meaning, give them backspace. Open windows, cascade. Bob, sit them down, you heard I'm making niggas cash fade. Welcome you to town, but look around and all them cats fake. Yeah, no, I'm a local baby, swinging that Karaka baby. They just fucking shot a baby, yo. Set me your upper baby, long as I can talk to baby. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Yeah, no, I'm a local baby, swinging that Karaka baby. They just fucking shot a baby. Come on. Yeah, for the Yeah. Listen, I don't have anything deep to say about this project beside it bombs. This is my first introduction to Roland Scape, and I really like the jaggedness of his tone. His tone with Master Ross Productions fit like a glove and he really owns his space. If you're a long-time listener or have read my Next Gen Greats reviews, you know that I'm a fan of braggadocious rap with a side of disrespect. It's provocative, it gets the people going, and Scape really provides that with an air of I'm an English buff pretentiousness, because why else would he call this track Pulitzer Papyrus if not to invoke how he feels so prestigious that he's worthy of a Pulitzer and his bars are so heavy you need that heavy paper to carry it. For an introduction, Scape comes off as really confident and sure and I can't wait to hear how he progresses from this as well as how Master Ruff will keep evolving from this bouncy and warm production. But for me right now the track just bumps, it's like it grows, 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 it grows so smooth. 
getting jiggy now. I I got a bit carried away there, uh, <laughs> but that's what the strike did to me right now. Our final streaming film is a blockbuster comedy that is currently my favorite South African film of this year. It's probably in my top 5 of this decade thus far and is solidly in my top 10 films of this year in general. If there's any justice in the world, this film will be a contender for at least best cinematography, best direction and editing at next year's SAFTAs and in my humble opinion also in the running for best supporting actor as well as best picture. In the thread of streaming films from this year, this stands at the top of the list of films I want to experience in ultra high definition so I can be completely consumed by the choreographed chaos that was put to screen in the singular piece of South African cinema. I'm talking about De Prente's Big Nunu's Little Heist. Now, let me set the scene. It's a Friday afternoon in Scotty Paula when we meet a delivery man named Delivery Man, who's going about his business trying to deliver a stove. It's important to note that this delivery man is an ex-soldier. Delivery man arrives at a bar to deliver the stove, goes inside to get the stove signed off before he hands it over. But by the time he comes back outside, it's gone. Now, delivery man gets paid on what he delivers and has no plans on skipping on his payday because money is money and he needs that cash. So he sets out to find the gang that robbed him, headed by a man named Puntsununu, and things just get crazier the moment he finds him. <laughs> Nangu the temperatures are about to get sizzling hot. First of all, can we talk about Depente for just a moment? This production company has delivered cultural cornerstones like Matwetwe, simmering slow burners and catching feelings, political spy epics with Queen Sono, and are also pioneering in animation as part of the companies who produced in Disney's Kizazi Moto. Their building legacy continues finding them swinging for the fences in bold creativity and for my money, Big Nunu is one of their best and most confident showcases of it. Artistically speaking, this film feels choreographed to a T. The cinematography, the pacing and timing of dialogue had its own unique rhythm that zoned you into the world and the feeling that the director wanted you to give. The fluidity and the choices made in how we transitioned to things and how they revealed to us was so entertaining. The comedy wasn't purely coming at you from the dialogue and the actors' performances, it was coming at you from all angles and all sides, which is something I'm not used to experiencing in this kind of way with South African film. One of my favorite sequences was the introduction of Celeste and Tuli's character into the world through a billboard and how that sequence was revealed. 
choices. How to me, it felt like we were getting Western motifs. East, um, and by Western, I'm talking about the genre. Eastern influences with a little bit of black exploitation in our, expo- in our exploration of Scotty Paula. Choices. Tony Miyambo's performance as the titular Punsu Nunu, in my opinion, is one of the best performances of the year that I've seen. I don't know how to explain it, but I was really enjoying the film before he entered. I was fully zoned in and became obsessed the moment Nunu spoke. Miyambo's energy as Nunu anchors the chaoticness of this film purely by purely by how singularly chaotic yet completely authentic he feels. I could go on about Nunu's little heist for the next hour, honestly, because this film has so much. If I were to, if I were to give any like drawback, which I think is more so for my taste, is that the climax or like the third quarter of the film isn't what I thought the film was building up to and scale. Felt a bit constricted when, kept, when compared to the energy leading up to it, but what it still delivers within that space is highly entertaining. I genuinely think Big Nunu's little heist has run away with the title of my favorite South African film of 2023 and I'm not sure if another film will take it from them. Andy Kazriel's vision through Trevor Calverley's lens was a revelation and I thoroughly enjoyed the ride. I highly recommend watching Big Nunu's Lona Heist if you haven't watched it already. It is available on Netflix and also let me know what was your favorite South African film of 2023. Two radio chart toppers and a mixtape that's currently peaked at number two on Apple's hip hop charts. We ain't gotta talk stats, but the 222 star is back and more present than ever with this new mixtape. In what feels like Tilly fashion at this point, Tyson has shifted gears by producing what feels like his most hook-heavy project by far, but that doesn't come at the cost of his storytelling. In fact, lyrically, some of these songs are some of the most personal in Royce's release since 220421. It's no secret that I'm a big fan of Sabitelli. I've enjoyed interviewing him multiple times, I've seen him perform live at least 10 times in the last year alone. And as a fan, it is so rewarding to see and hear what feels like a continuous growth, not only sonically, but lyrically and on stage. A great deal of what I'm hearing on present is really Tyson being self-reflective on the journey that he's been on, getting to the point where he is able to exclaim that it worked. What he sacrificed for and is still sacrificing for is starting to bear fruit, but the battle scars of what he lost on the way to this moment are still fresh. It worked, and he wanted to continue working whilst finding ways to be present and stay grounded because when it comes down to it, this is a job. He wants to be the best at this job, but it's not the only thing that consumes him as he does his soul searching and questions how he wants to grow. Now, let me be frank, I've never been into angel numbers. In fact, I didn't know they were a thing until last year, and the first time I properly researched something about them was literally last week, so take what I'm about to say with a pinch of salt, because I'm in no way an expert. But in reading about angel numbers, and specifically 222 from multiple sources, the number is meant to be linked to spiritual alignment, cooperation, and harmony with yourself and the people around you. A sign that assures you that you're on the right path and to seek balance. So apparently how angel numbers work or rather communicate is when you encounter them as signals so if you wake up randomly and the time is 2:22, and you keep encountering other things that's linked to that number then it's a positive sign to keep going something like that that even despite the current struggles that you're facing to keep going because you're on the right path and change is on the way so with this information about 222 and reflecting on tyson's project in him coming home and him being present, the themes are all there and they seem connected to the tag. 
It almost feels like the tag is an assurance and his own assertion to himself. And since we're an audience encountering his music to us, to keep going and be reflective. Or I've completely misinterpreted it by going down the wrong rabbit hole. But I don't think I have, especially with how death angels existentialism and spirituality are things that he continuously alludes to in his music and are very developmental parts of his life either way i'm really enjoying this chapter of tyson's music and growth my current favorite songs on the project are i can bet and pattern up with phone hello creeping in as a dark horse right there if you're a fan of hip-hop, I definitely encourage you to give Present by Tyson Sabatelli a spin or any of the other hip-hop artists we spoke about today since on the music side that's what we were curating. I want my next batch of music previews to either be R&B or alternative focused as we get into the TV series previews. So if you want to submit music for consideration or just tell me how you found the episode, my email is allthatyazpodcast at gmail.com so the name of the podcast, podcast at gmail.com and I'm Yaz the student on all the socials, Y-A-Z-Z the student. I hope you enjoyed this episode and maybe found something new to get into. This is Yaz from All That Yaz signing out. I shall see you on our next episode. A live recording with Madzadza Mia and Misa narrates as we discuss analysis culture and being a new media practitioner within African art and entertainment. See you there.